Welcome to this Business of Music and Poetry podcast, where the life of a creative meets the real world. I'm Michael Amaday, host World Poetry Open Mic, The Michael Amaday Show, author of more books than I should mention, musician, poet, and above all, creative entrepreneur. My collaborator and conspirator in this project is Clifford Brooks, founder of the Southern Collective Experience, host of Dante's Old South on NPR, poet and author of The Draw of Broken Eyes and World of Metaphysics, Exiles of Eden, and Athena Departs, The Gospel of a Man Apart. Our guest today, Tyree Day. Tyree Day is a poet from Youngsville, North Carolina, and a teaching assistant professor at UNC Chapel Hill. He's the author of two poetry collections, River Hymns in 2017, and the upcoming Cardinal, which is coming from Copper Canyon Press in 2020. Day is a Cave Kenham Fellow, and his work has been published in the Prairie Schooner, New York Times, and the Nashville Review. He is the winner of the 2019 Palm Beach Poetry Festival Langston Hughes Fellowship, the 2019 Diana and Simon Rabb Writer-in-Residence at UC Santa Barbara, and is a 2019 Kate Tufts finalist. Most recently, Day was awarded the 2019 Winning Writers Award. Without any further ado, here is our interview with Tyree Day. Well, on tonight's This Business of Music and Poetry, we are lucky enough to have poet and social advocate Tyree Day. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are y'all? I am fine. I'm a day check in now. How are you, son? I'm doing wonderfully, man. Doing wonderfully. It's uh, it's cold here in Denver, but uh, it's still a beautiful day, you know? So happy to be here. Happy to be here. Well, I mean, I know you'd hate to hear this, but it's a nice, beautiful, like, I bet 70 degrees here. So, brr. We're it was 70 yesterday. Dude, this Colorado. <laughs> it was 70 yesterday. It's going to be 70 on, like, Saturday. So we're like, we're, wow. we're, we're good. And Tyree, where, where are you right now? I'm in Raleigh right now. It's about, it's cooling down. It's probably about 60 outside, something like that. It's, it's hard. It's hard down here with this. This women. This. This why we can't handle snow. We're not designed for it. I will never no, apologize no, no. for it. I will not. This is the devil's dandruff. This is true. But uh, Tyree, I um, I perceived you uh, to be in the Blue Mountain Review uh, a couple of weeks ago. I uh, came across your work through a friend of mine, and uh, there were poems from River Hymns. And uh, as I told you before, what what I like about your poetry right off the bat is that I, I think that you're. I consider it more of a chiseler. Than a, um, than a than a monument builder, and what I mean by that is that you don't you don't you don't fluff anything, you know. You 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 take the work on with grace, but it feels. I mean, it's it's natural to read, and to read aloud is almost musical. So I guess my first point, my, I like this this question: how how much does music, no pun intended, play into your creative process? Mm. Uh, music is everything. Um, I so. Uh, in high school, I was in the marching band for all four years. I was on the drum line. And uh, I think being in the marching band and learning to, you know, especially with drum music, learning to count. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that relationship to counting meter. I, I think it just, it, I naturally hear music in the language, right? Because it's there already. So I kind of think that way when I write. Um, I, 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 I'm always, you know, thinking about the language. I'm not necessarily, you know, thinking about the same thing I would think when I was playing a snare drum or something. But I can see both things working, you know, both mm-hmm. whatever it is in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I use both muscles, I guess, the same muscle um, to do that. And and so I write for music, uh, just like right, finding the natural music and language, and then I edit for logic. 
So always writing the music, music, and then go back and then edit and try to find that those logic between those lines. And, you know. Dude, when you when you hear the music, uh, you hear the rhythm. Uh, do you feel like that's something that can be that can be taught, or is that more something that you're born with and kind of it's coaxed out over time? I think I think we all naturally have our own music that comes from the people that we grew up around. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that helped me was, uh, I think my second year at Kaveh Kanem, uh, the poet Chris Sabani was, uh, was talking about the poet Kwame Dwaz and was talking about, you know, uh, if he, Kwame Dwaz is not going to take your poetry seriously if you don't know how many syllable, average syllable, uh, in your lines. And I didn't know at the time, I was like, damn. I love Kwame Duaz. I want Kwame Duaz to take me seriously, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I went back and I went through Cardinal and I just I wrote out all the syllable counts and all the lines. And my average syllable count is uh, eleven and thirteen. Mm-hmm. And if you if you would go back and play like the the syllables on a the drum, they mostly sound like this. I don't know if you can hear it over the phone, but it sounds like this. So almost like this chanting, right? And mm-hmm. I think that makes sense for my work, right? It has right. this like um, I don't know this uh, that that chanting. I don't know how to even describe it, but that, it it makes sense to me. And and I've I've seen and I do it too. What you're trying to when people begin to ask you questions that kind of needle in on like how you find that beat. Um, there's a struggle to kind of take that into in words, like. I, you know exactly what you're doing, but then to kind of deconstruct that. Do you, what I try to get back to is, is, is there a point where you think that, again, there's a, that natural fire that burns it that you can't explain? Yeah, you... it's intuition. It's, it's, it's all your life experience in that one line, you know? And mm-hmm. you gotta, you know, you can't... Sorry, people are texting me as I'm on the phone. <laughs> it is, it's... I, and it, tell us about Cardinal. Tell us about that right now. Uh, so Cardinal's my second book, uh, out with Copper Canyon. Um, I've been saying it's going to be out in September, but it's, it looks like it's going to be early October, mm-hmm. which is perfect. I think it feels like a fall book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and so it explores many narratives around the great migration and it's constantly dealing with this question of like, where can black Americans go to be safe? And like, does that place actually exist? And what does it mean to, to, to constantly be searching for the safety, right? And uh, the safety, not only when you find that place, but the journey in between that searching. And so the book is constantly moving and it's the speaker searching for a safe place and searching through ancestry and also searching through these narratives and history. And it's a book that's constantly running and constantly moving. How does this one differ from River Hymns? Uh, they're definitely cousins. I'll say this is like, so there's like uh, the speaker in River Hymns. This is the speaker in River Hymns growing up and like going out to the world going outside their home, this little small town, but constantly being pulled back because of history and because of ancestry, right? My dad show up in this book a lot, but they're also searching and I kind of go through their lives and it's it's an expansion, I guess, of this speaker's life in River Hymns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, can, I, can I request a poem from you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I love baptism. 
I love baptism a lot. Could you read that one for us? Okay, baptism. I might mess this up. I haven't read this in a long time. Uh, you know what? It's, your, it's yours, so I mean, if you don't mess it up, you just read it the way you read it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, baptism. So badly I wanted to be washed away, have my stomach flooded with the blood, but I was never raised in the church, never caught the spirit down my legs, up my back, was taught early not to trust anything white or anything black wrapped in white, snow against moonless sky. All summer, I looked for Jesus in the things around the house and the eyes of my grandmother's picture on the wall. So when we were invited to see the water fall over my cousin's head, I went, eager to see something leave him, to watch it crack the floor as it ran out, see a face, a faceless, too small to be a shadow, man go back to a kitchen, unhollow and settle in the neck of a gin bottle half empty. The light through the stained windows of the church was smiling. I saw my cousin's elevation. I remember wings. He flew around the pool pit. Hallelujah went a deacon holding him. Amen went the others. Fruits on hats responded by shining. And I thought, save me, save me, until we were called niggers leaving the grocery store. And I went back to breaking dove wings. Wow, I did not even. I, I love that. I don't remember this poem in any way. Wow, fantastic! No, fantastic. I mean, it's 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 an obvious question, but I I love it all the same. Where did that come from? Uh, what experience? How do you research a poem like that? Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't ever. My researching. I I don't necessarily think I like. I guess I did some researching. I guess through my own memory. I think this line, I, I think the, I think the memory of watching my cousin get baptized, that's a true like scene here. Uh, and I think maybe just uh, so much of River Hymns, uh, this is a poem in the early stages of River Hymns, so much of River Hymns deals with the speaker, you know, questioning God, right? And mm -hmm. connecting God to different things in nature. And I think this, this is like an early, uh, stage of, of of trying to deal with that i haven't seen this or even thought about this poem in so long there's a line in here that i'm gonna steal for another poem um where is it oh i never caught the spirit down my legs up my back i like that idea um and i like the idea of eager to see something leave him mm -hmm. but yeah i haven't i haven't seen this poem in a long time wow so the way to go, Cliff, hitting from an oblique angle with the yes, with the readings you. here. That's yeah, so, <laughs> no, so, so so uh, so wonderful piece, first of all. And I think hearing just your remark there at the end about, you know, there's some things that you you're, you know, kind of wanting to borrow from it. So when you talked about your your writing to music, but editing for logic, do you find that for you, poetry is an iterative process? Is it continually improving to better as you? as you go through an edit or does, are all the ideas there and you're just cutting away um, once you get to the editing phase? It, it's different, uh, different times. Sometimes it's a bunch of language on the page and I got to cut through and find, find that the, the language in between, right. What's really working the core. And then there's moments where I'm like taking two poems and mashing everything together or mm -hmm. taking 
taking two poems, mashing together and taking some random language, sticking it in the middle and then editing it all down and trying to make it make sense. So it, it, it just, I don't know, it's all feeling whatever I'm into or what, um, what I'm just trying to do at the moment. If I think I need to, if, uh, usually when I'm writing, I'm writing. When I'm editing, that's when I'm like going back. Like, is this too much language? I'm cutting it down. Or, you know, it's funny. It, it, editing, editing, especially editing poetry, reminds me so much of just life in general. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like how you just always are, are figuring out what's what's too much. What do mm-hmm. I need to pull away? What do I need to? Now, here's a here's a question that instantly has kind of sparked in, in me in this conversation is. Um, you know, I believe that we're, we're born multiple times in our lives, right? We're born the first time and then, you know, and then we're born again into being an adult and we're born into the different things we do. Where did the beginnings, um, of your birth as a poet come from in your, in your life? Where did it start? I don't know. I, like when I, when I, uh, first when you were saying about like life and editing a poem, it's so true. I, I'm like working on a on a small little craft talk about how poetic craft and life, how they parallel each other so much, and like who you are as a person determines like what 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 kind of lines you're attracted to, what kind of you know what I mean, all of that. I um, I heard Quincy Jones say something recently, just not to interrupt, but saying that you can never write a song that is more or less than you are as a person. Yeah, and I, I thought it's yeah. so true, you know. Nice. Uh, I love that. Even when I was thinking about that, like so much of my writing comes from reading and like you being inspired by another poet. And then I think about, well, if I don't have my certain life, certain lines are not going to attract to me. Right. Or like, it's even the lines that we're attracted to and right. Or, or our own certain music. Right. Um, um, I think, let's see, I think just thinking about my life that, I was like always kind of getting trained to be a poet. Uh, my mom was a storyteller. Uh, she read a lot um, and always had this uh, unexplained uh, touch with nature and spirituality and like supernatural that was never explained. It was just like, this is what it is. And this, and I think now it's just so ingrained in me that I'm like, no, this is. Like this is a natural way. This is how it is, and so I I think now that that's that's why my writing is like that, right? That's a natural way that I feel like I was brought up. So it's not me, not me putting on anything. It's literally me writing not writing out all this language and stories that I have in my head. Now, I'd like to go back. We just found out that that baptism was not in Riverhams, and so that, no, that's. Right. But that, that's that's living thing. Like, how how do you choose what poems to put in your books? Like, I, I, like which ones do you choose to include? How do you go through that process? It's it's really hard. Um, so I'm trying to look back. So a lot of times, what will happen is a poem might not make the book, but that language will get put into another poem. Right. Looking at this poem, the language didn't even get put into another poem. I don't know why I decided to cut this poem. Um, Maybe I didn't feel the language is as strong as the other ones in the book. Maybe it just, maybe it's too outside the narrative of the, the book was following. Or right now, now that I think about River Hymns and I'm trying to like place this poem in River Hymns, I can't necessarily place it. Like I wouldn't even know where to put it. You know. 
Right. And, and that, that leads to the next question as far as like the design. Like when you sit down your poems, how do you just, how do you decide the story you're going to tell? As far, do, do you go linear or are you more like snapshot, poem to poem, not necessarily connected? Do you do you like to, to maybe string your poetry books through its theme? Like how do you how do you arrange the poems within your book? Oh, that's such a so. Uh, shout out to Eduardo C. Corral and Dorian Locks and Joseph Millar, my poetry teachers, uh, just for the all the help on and training and river hymns. Um, I, uh, I remember the order that I gave to Eduardo the first time. He was like, "No, this is not it. Do better." And <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to really block it out, right, and not letting the poems kind of naturally. Uh, I can't. I, I talk a lot with my hands because that's, that's, that's how I'm going. <laughs> so I was doing this, right? I was doing blocks, but it had this. Um, it didn't move right, right? I wanted a looser feel to it, more like a life, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Life is not blocked out. Life has a loose feel, and I wanted to show a speaker kind of getting older as the book was going along. So that's why you got those two sections, that um, and it's like a heartbreak, and I think you can kind of feel. Mm-hmm. The speaker kind of reflecting more. So I, I, I don't, um, I think just like writing poetry, putting a book in order is all intuition. Yeah. Um, you can go, you know, some poets like to go by that, that last line. If the last line kind of speaks to another poem, I do some of that in river hymns. Um, uh, some of it is kind of maybe one theme helps announce another theme. And it's like, maybe it's the first time I brought something up like, uh, say baptism or God in a poem. Maybe the next poem should be about God and my ideas, right. you know, stuff like that. Now, with all the hard hard work from design, from writing to design to its story, uh, River Hymns won an award, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us about that, dude. Yeah, dude, that's a huge one. Tell us about that, please. Um, so I was I was driving back uh, from my. I, I used to work at this uh, two year college called Lewisburg College. Mm-hmm. And I, I worked there, and I worked at UNC, and I still work at UNC. But I was driving from there to UNC, which is about an hour drive. I just put my last eight dollars in the tank, <laughs> and you're right. And I'm like, you know, get me down the road here. <laughs> um, and I get this phone call, New York City. I didn't know the number. Usually, I'm like, nah, I don't know who this is. I'm not picking up. All right? Uh, something was like, you know, pick it up. So I answer it. Hello, ready, quick to hang up. Um, <laughs> And someone was on the line. Was like, "Hello, um, who was it? Maybe it was, maybe it was either Daniel or I think I think it was Daniel um, that called me, and or Courtney. I don't know. Oh, I don't remember at least. Um, and you know, they told me they're from the Whiting Foundation. They let me know that I won, uh, that I won. And of course, I was in shock. I, I, I was quiet for a good second, just waiting. Like, am I about to get scammed? I was waiting for the <laughs> <laughs> for my social and I was hanging up, right? Uh, and and I, of course I knew about the Whiting Award. I was just mostly in shock and it was like, we'll, we'll email you. And I didn't really believe it. You know, I, I called my wife. I was like, hey, I got this phone call. And she went to the website. She started freaking out. And, and then we just waited for the email until it was real. Right. Uh, yeah, it's been... It's been a, an amazing award, and especially now that I think about, I don't know, the times that we're in, it, it came at a good time. That's, that's a, again, it's, it's kind of leads into, I always like to ask, you know, again, hearing 
how you work, how you weave faith into your your writing, and kind of mm-hmm. with your worldview. And I'm never trying to get stickier than you want to get, but like, mm-hmm. how does how does faith play into in, into your your poetry? And on a larger scale, like when you said, I put my last eight dollars in there, then I got this this phone call. I mean, do you, do you think there's a connection between how how humble and honest and forthright you are in your poetry, and that the universe listens to that? I, I will say it doesn't help to be a good. It, it does help to be a good person, uh, right? Um, though we see bad people get shit all the time. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know exactly how I feel about that. But yeah. I, at least for me, I see that the the more good I am to people in the world, the more, more comes to me. Uh, I think um, that wasn't always true. I've done terrible things, right? Uh, but uh, Dorian Locks um, really, I think, put that in my head that like, if you want to be a good poet, you also have to be a good person. Right. And, like, I was like, oh, okay. And I started, you know, really, like, trying to be a good person and what that means, at least to me, right? That's not always true. I can, right. get, I can get nasty, too. But anyways, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I noticed that if you, you know, it, it helps, at least. Um, as far as in poetry, I definitely believe that there's some, there's some natural thing that, poetry that drives human beings to poetry, right? Something bigger that helps us see, like, same reason people go to religion, right? Yeah. It's something exactly. bigger that we're trying, that we're reaching for, and this is a means that we could see it, or at least, right, or attempt to see it. Best answer ever. That's, that's be, the closest I get to any yeah, of that. I will be <laughs> memeing the Jesus out of that in 20 minutes. I'm going, I'll coach you, though. I was, I was just quiet. Like, whoa, this is church right here. And uh, it, the, the scale back, like, it, What's it? How's it like to work with Copper Canyon? Oh, Copper Canyon is great. I just had my uh, call with Laura today to talk about rolling out Cardinal. It was fantastic. Um, I just got the the cover, which is beautiful. I can't share it yet. Soon, soon. Mm. All right. Um, I I was talking to Laura on the phone, and I was saying, you know, no matter what happens with the book, I really enjoy this book. So. And I feel like that's a really good place to be in, especially in, like, today's poetry world. I, I like it, so, you know. And it has it has uh, photos of my family members in there, which is really great. Yeah. And they have these, like, really unfocused, unprofessional photos that make make the language in the book and just make the book so much better to me. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm just really excited for folks to see it. Now I, I love to get into the science of the book. Um, you know, the, the book nerd in me loves the. I, I, of course, no. I, let me not say it that way. I love the content more, but when to the feed of the book and that the book and it's designed from cover. You know, when you descri- describe the photos, and this regard, like with with Copper Canyon, uh, how much of the say so did you have in the design, and, and and how does that connect you to the book? I mean, yeah. I I mean, I they. I'm trying to think. I had pretty. I'm. I mean. I did pretty much what I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I think they know that, and also I, I trust them that like if they did have an opinion. I mean, they gave me back copy edits and line edits. And then yeah. of course I trust in lines that I definitely change. Um, but as far as me picking the cover, uh, there's there's kind of like me being more artsy in the book. It's not not with language, but doing certain symbols yeah. uh, in the book that you'll get to see. So they they were they were cool with it. They were cool with the photos. There was no kickback on the cover. They loved it all, and so yeah, they've been fantastic. I mean, it's Copper Canyon, so yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was like, I've never heard a bad word, and that's why I wanted to get a shout out to them because, the, you know, it's they 
from what I understand, they know their artists well enough that they they trust them not to go off into into left field. You know, I mean, exactly. And, and exactly. I've I've never seen a book from Copper Canyon that didn't catch my eye. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I and there's a there's a brand there, and you know, it, again, it's 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 tantamount to the, the content be just as good. So, I mean, I'm, what I'm trying not to do is get more out of Cardinals from you right now. I'm trying, Tyree. I'm trying to hold up my guard, but, um, you know, I want to see it, but I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be patient. I'll be patient. I'll be, I'll be cool. I'll be cool. Um, so, I mean, now, I, I, again, I know with the coronavirus is going to put a, a, a halt on all touring, but I also like to ask on a kind of a business end, how do you arrange your tour? Like, you know, I mean, people, I don't think people hear enough about how you monetize the tour. Oh, wow. I am not the poet to ask for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll take a step I, back. I don't, uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess I, I tour, if someone hits me up, you know, like, we like your work, and I see where they at, where it's at, and, you know, and it's a, if they do good work, and, you know, I don't have to, I don't know, I'm not spending my rent money to get out there. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't I don't email like that to set up tours. I don't I'm not that poet. Um I should be better at it, but I'm just not. <laughs> but it's like, such a classic you... story with poets too. It's like I, I think every poet we talk to is like, I should be better at this thing, but I really just like but I, I but I think it's a I think it's part of the also, profession. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the feeling of like I don't really wanna be doing that. I wanna be writing a lot too, you know. I love I love traveling and reading. I'm just not, I don't know, like, I've never been the one that would be like, if I hit someone up, it's like, I really, really love what you're doing, and I want to right. be part of this. And I, I guess yeah. what I'm trying to get at is that you, you know, uh, what I see, when I, what I see, and I, I did this as well, you, you kind of, you hit, you don't really vet the venue, and then you, you get there, and it's, you know, it, what I hear you doing is that, you know, you, you're not out there a lot, but you're you're picky about where you go. Like yeah, you, I mean, you, and you know, I got you know, I'm married. I got my dog here. We got a home. I don't like my family. Say, if I'm leaving home, I think it should be worth it. You know what I mean? I absolutely. In these times, good God, you better not yeah. leave. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that you know, it, it's how you how you add value to your time. You know, the yeah, exactly. Time. Exactly, and, and and you know, when it when it comes to We'll take it off the road, and, 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 you know, if you don't mind, I'll take a hard ride into the classroom. Um, was teaching poetry as natural to you as writing it? I, I've heard people say they enjoyed my poetry classes um, and my poetry workshops. I love teaching, and not only poetry. I love teaching, like, anything. I, I'm teaching two comp classes now at UNC. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're not comp. It's called English 105. Um, um, but I enjoy that class because we go through natural science, social science and humanities, and you get to come up with cool projects for your students to do. And I don't know, I just, I enjoy teaching it because teaching supports my writing. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I enjoy it. It's yeah, not just teaching poetry, anything, even things I have no business teaching. I will sit down <laughs> and study it until I can teach it. You were speaking of two other, speaking to two other guys who would do exactly the same yeah, thing. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's it's exactly. <laughs> now, so so I, I know that uh, you know Cliff. One thing that uh, you were talking about the classroom, and I think one thing that's um, as a guy who who teaches and does things myself too, we're it would be kind of strange for us to be in the the midst of the situation we kind of are globally right now. 
which is just things are different, right? I mean, we're all kind of I don't know about where where you are. Uh, schools have been closed in Denver until you know middle of April. Right now, mm-hmm. we're in the middle of March, and so things are really different. And so, uh, how is how is the situation with uh, with the virus and, and the economics around it affecting your teaching? And how is it affecting your work? How are you approaching this kind of situation? This this downtime and I mean, I'm not even sure what your situation is, but I figured I would ask and see how you're approaching this whole scenario. Well, I I, I teach at UNC Chapel Hill. We've gone to remote instruction, uh, which starts on Monday on the 23rd. Um, the course that I was teaching, I, I already, I always post my weekly announcements online through a program called, oh no, no, call it a program through Sakai. Uh, mm. um, and so. I mean, that that was already online. As far as moving to remote instruction, I'm going to use a lot of Google Docs and kind of assignments to get us through these, I think, about six weeks. And, um, and you know, I'm the students are going to bear with me. I'm going to bear with the students, and we're going to all get through it together, you know what I mean? Just like everything and just yeah. like, like we've been doing. Do you do you think this changes kind of the the tenor? I mean, I think one of the things that that we always do um, as artists, whether we do it consciously or not, is that we're we're kind of pulling from moments in the culture, right? The moment in the culture, wherever we are, is somehow affecting our work. Do you? I mean, I personally feel a shift in culture, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, and I'm not even sure what it's going to be yet, but I know it's shifting. Do you feel a perception of that? And do you do you have you kind of identified that yet, or have you um, th- spent time thinking about it? If I think about it in the way of creating art, um, I and I can only talk about it as the way I create art. I've never been a, a artist that can create from what's happening right now in the moment. Uh, I need a it and and it's not that I like just don't. I literally can't. It's not going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, and I and I just need time to let it sit in. Usually, my poems or whatever I'm interested in doing pops up like a, usually like a bird or something will fly by me. I was like, oh shit, that reminds me of, right, the time my <laughs> yeah. uncle did this, and I was like, oh, well, I guess that bird must be him, all right, or they must be connected somehow, and then I go off. Mm-hmm. And so, in the future, you know, if something will remind me of something, or if I can make that connection, you know, maybe I will, you know right about what's happening now, but I've never been a type that can just do it right now. There's people that can do it and it's like, damn, thank you. We needed that right now. Mm-hmm. But I've never been never been that that type. I, well, I we, completely can correspond with that. <laughs> I never have either. Cliff. Oh no no just talking about birds, um of course you know I'm gonna take any chance I can get back to Cardinals. Can you read us one of the poems from Cardinals? Yeah. All roads all roads on this show lead back to Cardinals, boss. I'm sorry. Let's do it. <laughs> all right man, do it boss. Um, all right, so let's see. Maybe I, I'll read one that I haven't read anywhere else before. That's what I should do. That's awesome. Oh, I'll read you two. Do it. Uh, so I've been told this this is the poem that's going to be on the back cover. Right. Ode to the City. Because the trains in Harlem spill from the tunnels like butter beans. Because the snow in Chicago must be survived like cotton. Because in Los Angeles, I flew in my grandmother's blue house dress and Carolina wings. Because a skyline and a tree line both have a history of taking my sight and doing with it what they want. Because this block 
can't grow white tobacco flowers to place in a window because a, because a field train car isn't my uncle's autumn-colored coffin with strangers at each end. Wow. <laughs> so wow. Good, Fantastic, man. Right, well, so you see, right, my dad is still showing up, but it's me also away from, uh, usually my uncle will show up and I'll also be back in my small town Youngsville. This is a speaker out in the world, right? But still having to deal with ancestry. Um, and it's constantly being pulled back. I want to read this poem okay. because I, I saw Ocean Vaughn comment it on, on Instagram uh, uh, that they really enjoyed this poem. And so I love Ocean Vaughn, so I got to read this poem. Uh, uh, would you miss me? I'm far away from my living, the dead in me are birds. The wind finally gave my uncle wings. I hope that off will carry me to him. The heart is not a cardinal. It can't leave on its own without the body. If wings grew out my back, my heart couldn't take their beating. So I feed the birds parts of me no one called beautiful. My father's moon of a nose. I made a room of my grief. When you ask to enter, it changes itself into a room half its size. If I didn't return the way snowbirds return, return with snow, songbirds return songs to each other across a harvested field, the way my grandmother returns to my dreams, begging me to let her stay dead, the light returning to her face in minutes. God. It's it strikes me uh, it strikes me it so first of all I can hear the rhythm you were talking yeah. about oh yeah no. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and you, the, you the, bob the, your head to it even when you don't know I mean you, you, like until you said that I didn't I'm not sitting there still bobbing you, you it's inherent dude. that's so good well but but as a as a as a musician myself you know so like I pay attention to the rhythm and cadence and and all that and I, I learned very much the same way but I can really identify that in your work but also um, alongside that. Uh, that kind of sound or that, that feel it mm. also had a moment where it was uh, also strikes me as a prayer mm. at the same time. Mm. And uh, I found that very, very powerful. Thank you for sharing those things. Well, now that you, uh, now that I, I talk about the rhythm and you mentioned that I kind of hear like an echo of it, right? I hear that. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it reminds me of like, I'm going to turn on a light in here. It's dark. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Like, what's man. going on in your neighborhood? <laughs> But you, you know, like it reminds me of uh it reminds me of uh so like in Beethoven's fifth that dun 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 dum that that cadence shows up and it never stops throughout the entire uh the entire uh piece. It is that's all that classical there. music they played for us in school and they said it would help us study. Maybe that's what uh-huh. it is showing up in the poems. Well, who who knows? You know, I mean I think I think it all it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing, how we express it our own way. You know, but um just so let me let me get to that because you mentioned that really quickly. So we've talked about you know kind of where these things come from, but what do you? One thing that I've always run into, let me phrase it this way, is that when I'm creating things, I eventually just run out of stuff to say. Like I have to go find a way to fill myself back up again. Mm-hmm. So what what kind of things do you go to read, study? What what do you go to to help fill up your creative imagination, your your heart again? Uh, a lot of reading. Uh, a lot of listening to music, um, a lot of, uh, oh, oh, a lot of going outside and just 
doing things helps. Uh, um, I like to smell dirt. Smelling dirt helps a lot in writing poems. Don't tell anyone that, uh, but it does. <laughs> or any type of like literally running your hand in any type of nature like rubbing your hands against, like really touching things and getting that feel and then going back and trying to describe, right? That texture helps. Um, and, and you know, we talk about life and craft, just living your life and paying attention to the world and that helps, you know, all those things and... Definitely yeah, reading. Reading is like 90%. Um, reading and music is, is everything. I, I think it's big. One of, one of the things I love about what you've been sharing here is, and I, I'm, I, Cliff and I are both really in agreement on this, where I, I know we are, which is the being you know, the kind of person you are really impacts the kind of work you're able to produce. But then I think also you're talking about that, but then you're also talking about really experiencing and tasting things in, in life. You're talking about smelling dirt and touching the tactile surfaces of things. I mean, and that, that is, and then of course, reading and listening well, to music, like that's also valuable. I'll say if you're trying to write those type of poems, because that's mm-hmm. not true of every poet. Uh, at least uh, me being from the South, being a poet that's, you know, narrative and, uh, uh, but narrative with a burst of lyricism uh, in there. Uh, those are just, I think I things I do for poems I'm trying to write. You gotta find what you what you do for your poems. For me, going out and touching things and being in the world helps a lot. You know. You gotta live life to write about life. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, so, I mean, I, oh. I might let this slip up, but I mean, I, I, I'd like to uh, Tyree tell us how we can keep up with you online and how we can find your books, especially Cardinals. But go ahead, man. Uh, so I, I have Facebook, I have Twitter, what is, uh, uh I'm on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a website, Tyree.work, um, mm-hmm. which you can find my email up there, which is just Tyree Day Writes. Um, I don't care if you write me, I'll probably, I don't know, <laughs> especially, I don't know, send me stuff, cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, yeah, those are all the ways that you can get up with me. Uh, I I teach at UNC. You can find my UNC email up there uh, on the UNC website. And yeah, right on, right on. Facebook, Proceed. Me, message me. We know whatever. Right. Now, now, Tyree, thanks for, thanks for everything here. One thing I want to kind of um, ask, and I always ask this to people who are who are poets and really kind of engage in this world. For people who are listening, who are aspiring, quote poets or aspiring authors do you have any advice that you really would like to impart to them Hmm. okay uh i feel like you're i feel like if you are an aspiring poet you're already reading where you should be so 90 percent reading 10 percent writing um um you should go read uh vavi francis coming to the eye the interview at, I think it's Indiana Review. Um, you should go read um, Tracy K. Smith's uh, One Day, but you should also read the essay. I think it's what is on, is it Poets.org? I think it's up mm-hmm. on Lorca uh, and on Dwayne Day. Uh, oh, um, you should just also, you should find a poet, a poet who poetic theory matches what you're trying to do and read everything and study their work and also read everybody else's work and, you know, 
really do the work and find four trusted readers. Um, also realize you don't have to share your work. You don't have to publish your work. Mm-hmm. Sit on it. Wait. Um, and just um, question your beliefs. I think is a. I think that is the biggest thing that I've seen out of students. We have our beliefs, and then poetry asks us to question our beliefs and right? question what yeah. we know of the world. And I think that's really hard for people to do that and to and and to be vulnerable, right? That that asks you to be vulnerable to question your beliefs. That's mm-hmm. a big thing. Just do it all and be a good person and read and do the work. Well, Cliff and I want to say thank you for spending your time with us. We want to say thank you to Tyree Day for such a thoughtful and emotional interview. You can find Tyree at tyree.work. That's T-Y-R-E-E dot work. You can find Cliff Brooks at cliffbrooks.com. Also, southerncollectiveexperience.com. You can find me at michaelamide.com or worldpoetryopenmic.net. The music for this episode was provided by the fantastic Justin Johnson. You can find him at justinjohnsonlive.com. The goal of this podcast is to give you ideas and tactics that you can apply to your own creative life. And we go out of our way to try to bring you applicable things that you can apply right away. Remember to be courageous. Do the hard work. Conquer your obstacles creatively. Learn to trust your heart. Where it's easy to lose your path in this business of music and poetry. Mm-hmm.